This is HPR episode 2105 entitled 24 SSL Certificates, Problems, and is part of the series Privacy and Security. It is hosted by Ahuka and is about 36 minutes long. The summary is a discussion of the problems with SSL certificates and some solutions. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. This is Ahuka welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio and another exciting episode. This is part two of my talk on SSL certificates and uh, TLS and all of that good stuff that I did at my local Linux users group. Part one was about how SSL certs work. Uh, This one is the conclusion, and in this we look at some of the problems that we have with our system and some potential solutions. So uh, I think between the two of them, if you listen to the first one and then this, you'll have a pretty good idea of what's going on with SSL certificates. Now, as before, this was recorded with a Sansa Clip Plus. I simply started recording, clipped it to my shirt. I didn't do anything else. Uh, That's a really good way of recording me uh, without any trouble at all. The problem is it does not pick up anyone else in the room. So I edited out long stretches of what were essentially silence because it just couldn't pick up the voice of some of my long-winded interjectors in the room. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it. I think it was a fun little piece to work on and, uh, we'll be seeing more of you around Hacker Public Radio. Bye. Okay. Problems. There are problems. Right? The problems are not the cryptography. Cryptography is well understood. And Bruce Schneier, who I tend to trust a good deal on these things, says you can trust the math. You know, that was... You know, when the Snowden revelations first came out, and it was, oh my God, NSA's reading everything, nothing is safe, blah, blah, blah. And Schneier said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Math is math. The NSA cannot break the rules of mathematics. So cryptography is math. And if done properly, it is completely safe. You've got to take the time to know how to do it properly. <laughs> Although they do know who's talking to who. Oh, they do. I, you know. They can do traffic analysis. They can uh, analyze the metadata. Because the unfortunate with the IP addresses still have to point someplace to that. 
Uh, yeah, you can't Without encrypt IP addresses at this point because otherwise you don't know how to send it. Yeah. It's kind of like their comments with phones. We I mean, know who's talking to who, and that's almost as important as what they're saying. It frequently is. So, root authorities. By definition, nobody the other than the browser manufacturer is vouching for the authority. The browser manufacturer implicitly is vouching for them by the fact that they include that cert on their list of trusted root authorities. So that's where you download your browser from? That would be number one on the list. Uh, you can take a look, okay? Um, here, for instance, we can see which one's Firefox. Now, um, you know, this thing can change over time, but you can see, you know, who, who they're trusting. What are the list of them? And it's hundreds yeah. of these things. You can also things. get the list out of the browser. Yeah. Because sometimes your browser will have like when you work, I'm sure, Ford sticks a few extra. I'm pretty sure, yes, uh, old Henry snuck something in there. Um, and, you know, that's the simplest way to do that is you just, we'll stick our corporate cert in there and then just tell your computer to trust it. But they wouldn't just do it for the browser. They would do it for the computer as a whole. Just accepting them. Uh, if, if I were doing it, I would say, oh, Android, we want to keep down the file size and all of this stuff. We'll just configure all Android phones to connect to Google's proxy server that will then, I don't know. You can do it that way. So, yeah, it, it's, these lists, there's hundreds of these certificate authorities. Some of them are governments, right? Would you trust a certificate signed by the government? Depends what I want to trust it for. Right. Yeah. I would trust it if my goal is just to get an encrypted session, but I don't care who's at the other end. You know, it depends. If, um, you know, Cliff does, I know, consulting work for the Department of Defense, and the so, you know, he probably has a certificate signed by the Department of Defense, and it's like, well, yeah, you would if you were doing work for them. I, I want to be careful here. You said encrypted communication between two people. That's not really what we're talking about two here. Things. Um, if I wanted to have an encrypted conversation with Paul and it was desperately important that it be private, I would not be just relying on an X.509 cert to a website to do the job. No. But if they can convince you that they are this website you wish to connect to, and you start carrying on a conversation, now they're they're doing a man in the middle attack. Yeah. That's and that has happened. Unfortunately, a given right. with any CA. Oh yeah. Any CA can do. Or spook anything they want. So the you know the the one that 
My favorite one is the Hong Kong Post Office is a root certificate authority. Um, okay. Now, browsers don't always agree. It's not like there's one list that all browsers accept. Well, probably so if something comes through signed by one of those certs, they can throw up a big warning that says this comes from an untrusted cert and should be disregarded. Yes. I, that would be my guess. So here's a famous case, DigiNotar. A uh, Dutch certificate authority that was hacked in 2011. It looks as if the hackers were affiliated with the Iranian government. What was the Iranian government doing? All right, assuming that was them. I, it's hard to prove these things. Well, they were issuing fraudulent certificates for Google. That would allow them then to do man-in-the-middle attacks on Gmail users. So you're an Iranian dissident. You're trying to communicate through Gmail. All right, I'm going to use HTTPS. I'm going to get a secure connection to that Google server. All right, and the Iranian government has a certificate that says, yeah, we're Google, and we got this signed by a root authority. So yeah, tell us all about it. Yeah, and, and the fact is, when you log in, they now have your login credentials. So they can then, from there, they can log into Google and present you all of your email files just as normal, you wouldn't know. At a level where you contain an ASN and a root authority, you you pretty much own the store. Yeah. Okay. Indeed. And, and Google has been uh, taking steps to deal with that. So another good case: the government of India, a government body, the National Informatics Center, issued certificates purporting to be from Google and Yahoo. Now, the fortunate thing is this certificate authority, presenting itself as a root authority, was never trusted by Google or Mozilla, but it was trusted by Microsoft. Now, presumably, this, you know, <laughs> what are the two biggest web mail providers out there? I'm pretty sure it's Google and Yahoo, right? So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff around the certificate authorities. There's another one, the French government, the Treasury Department there issued fake Google certificates um, and got them vouched for. So here's one. This one was possibly just a blunder rather than a you know hack or something sinister. But uh, a couple of uh, certs were issued. Now you know, a regular cert can only be used to validate your site. An intermediate cert can be used to sign other certs. So it's a more powerful certificate. Um, and a couple of these were issued uh, by mistake, and one of them did go to the Turkish government. Um, you know, Turkish government's locking up journalists and stuff yeah. like that, so they're, they're not cuddly. So, let's say the Turkish government wanted to scan traffic, hypothetically. 
This requires getting in the middle. Well, that's really similar to what companies do with traffic on their network. Um, so like if a company adds its cert onto your computer and says this is a trusted cert, you know, you're not going to get the same kind of warnings. Now, with an intermediate cert signed by a root authority, I mean, you've already got all of the trust you need. Unless you try to access Google using Chrome. Because one of the things Google does now is, you know, anyone tries to access a Google site, it is going to force a check back with the mothership to, to just say, you know, is this really the, the key that is supposed to go with this cert? Is it legitimate? Um, so <clears throat> it comes with a list of Google certs built in, and it knows if, if there's anything funny. And that does continue to happen. Uh, regularly, I see stories in the paper about, you know, someone was trying to pass themselves off as Google, and Google caught them through this. So remember, the man in the middle basically can create a secure encrypted connection both ends. I can create it with you, the customer, I can create it with the website that you're trying to deal with, and then just sit in the middle and read all the traffic as it goes by. Uh, and if I can convince you that, yes, I am Google, that's going to make it a whole lot easier. And as I say, this is what corporate networks do legally to monitor their traffic. Right? And courts have consistently held they have every right to do that, and arguably they have every responsibility to do it because employees are idiots. And we all know this. And so, you know, someone's going to send an email that says, ah, you won't believe how funny this video is, and someone will click on it. And then there's this thing now called spear phishing, which is, you know, phishing is you send out an email hoping to catch a few fish out there. Spear phishing is, I'm going after Dennis, because Dennis is the chief financial officer of this billion-dollar company. What are you saying? Um, just go with me on this. Just go with me on this. So what I do is I do a little research, you know, what, uh, and, you know, a little bit of research, I discover, oh, well, you know, Dennis uh, plays tennis. Um, now, you know, I start building a profile, so I can send you an email that is targeted to your interests. And I just have to get you to click on something, and, and I get in. And, you know, lately there have been a, a few interesting uh, examples of this with people sending an email to the finance department of a bank and initiating a wire transfer that supposedly was authorized by the president of the bank um, or some other high executive. It looks legitimate. And the account, the finance department just starts initiating it. And as I said, employees are idiots. Yeah. You, you have to take that as a yeah. given in uh, yeah. corporate security. Yeah. Um, so recently, I think it was uh, Bangladesh Bank. It, it was 
the 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 total transfer was was supposed to be close to a billion, but it was caught after only 80 million was lost. The 80 million disappeared into the Philippines um, and will probably never be heard from again. And the only reason it was caught was they made stupid typos on one of the messages and a, and a German intermediary just doesn't look right. Something's funny here. I'm going to ask a question. Good thing they did. So anyway, the, the thing with the you know, man in the middle stuff is on a company network, uh, you know, you have a self-signed certificate, but it's designated as trusted because the IT department has the power to do that. Unless you are using Chrome to access Google, in which case you should get a, a warning. Um, you know, that man in the middle is, is going to work, but it does mean technically the company could be looking at your bank login credentials. Um, you know, what, what about the government? Uh, you know, it, you could make the argument that we're not evil like communist China. Uh, I've never entirely bought that argument. There are differences, but... And, you know, one of the things, um, I, we want to be careful here not to get the wrong conclusion out of all of this. I think it would be wrong to simply say, ah, it's hopeless. <laughs> no such thing as security. Uh, I, I would say we should understand where the weaknesses are. Um, and, and I will go back to Bruce Schneier, who says, define the threat you are concerned with and then look into countermeasures that are suitable to that threat. Um, if the NSA is after me, I've got much bigger problems. This computer security stuff means Now, that doesn't... If they're after you in particular... If they're after me in particular... Um, now, th does that mean there's no possible way you can protect yourself against the NSA? Uh, well, so far, Edward Snowden has done a pretty good job of it. Um, if I was in that situation, I would study him like a rabbi studies scripture. So when I did my presentation on passwords, for instance, I said, look, if, if you are trying to keep the FBI out of your email, that's one thing. That doesn't happen to be a threat that I lose any sleep over. I defined the threat I was concerned with as there are people out there who hack into target, point of sale, and come away with five million credit card numbers. And I want to make sure mine is one of the harder ones for them to use. So that's the threat, and that's how I'm approaching it. And, and that turns out that that's a relatively easy thing to do if you think about it the right way. And, and you know, decrypting is not the only thing they're concerned with. Um, if you paid attention to the things that started coming out in the, the Snowden documents, a lot of it had to do with installing key loggers and physical access to computers and stuff like that. Which So one of the things, your, if your browser has this certificate information, 
Keep your browser updated. Now that's not the only security reason you'd want to keep your browser updated. Okay. Um, I remember in a previous presentation I started off by comparing what were the top concerns of average people versus the top concerns of security professionals. And uh, security professionals is like, update your software. <laughs> you st stupid? Update your software. Get the patches. All right. So, you know, get your patches. Keep up to date. Um, that will not only take care of revoked certificates, but other things that they discover along the way that are security holes, they will patch them. Y you, yes, you can. Um, you probably want to experiment a little bit because what happens is at some point you disable enough of those and you're going to hit some website that suddenly is going to set off all these alarm bells because you disabled the root authority. And it's hard to know who their root authority is in all those cases. You know, earlier we were talking about um, no script. You know, if you put in no script and turn off all JavaScripting, uh, yeah, it'll improve your security immensely, uh, except that the web is scarcely worth going to anymore. I think everything's got, I mean, my own sites have JavaScript on them. So, certificate revocation. If a certificate is bad, it should be revoked. So, those DigiNotar certs, those Indian government certs, etc., should revoke them. Now, Firefox handles revocation quite well. It, it, technically, it's not a difficult sort of thing. Someone revokes the certificate, you have a list of revoked certificates, you check that list. If you get a match, sorry, that certificate's been revoked. Um, Chrome refuses to. I mean, the, the people in charge of, of security for the Chrome browser basically said, hey, we don't think it scales, we're not going to do it. Which I think is really stupid, but then again, I'm not in charge of Chrome security, so you can take that however you wish. That was the, the, the whole thing at the heart of the uh, the heart bleed was a certificate issue. I will say my general impression is that Firefox just does security a lot better than Chrome does. So if security is, is a thing, I'm just going to say that's where I would go. There's some good add-ons. Many of these are available for more than one browser. Um, so one of them, Convergence, warns you if the certificate you see is not what others see, okay? And you can read about that here. Well, if it comes from EFF, I probably do. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, at a certain point, this starts looking like a John le Carré novel, you know? No one can be trusted anywhere, you know? And, um, yeah, you, you got to decide. So generally speaking, if it's from Electronic Frontier Foundation, I'm probably going to trust it. <coughs> if it's something I hear security professionals advising, like NoScript, a, a number of security professionals. If, I, if it's something I hear on Facebook, I probably am not going to trust it. Because I know who I connect to on Facebook. They're not all that smart. <laughs> so this one, the, the convergence, is sort of a, 
it's almost like the web of trust in a certain way, but basically what they're doing is they're collecting data on the cert and so you know I might say well I got a cert from this site and it looked like this and then well Mike got a cert from that site it looked different one of these is probably bad a man in the middle kind of thing so that's what convergence is trying to do uh, certificate patrol is an add-in that just says the cert has been updated just let you know, you know, that you're using an older version of the cert. Why was it updated? I don't know. Maybe it was just because the old one ran out and it was time to renew the cert. But you know. The one that you have is not the latest one on their database. The one in our database is newer. So, uh, One thing, if if what you're talking about is creating a secure connection to a server, now this won't work in every case, but in a number of cases what you can do is get two-factor authentication. That's a really good layer of security. It adds a little bit of a speed bump along the way. So for instance, well it, it's where the security comes from. So. Uh, my Gmail. I've got a Gmail account, several of them, in fact. And if I <coughs> if I sit down at a computer and um, I have not with this computer logged into Gmail before because it stores a cookie on your hard drive, but you know, I'm over at Mike's house and hey, I just want to check my email, Mike. You know, okay, if I log into Gmail, my fine. Well, what would happen is I would try to log in and then I would get a thing on my phone saying this is the code you need to type in before we're going to give you access. Um, and since that's only going to be on my phone, anyone else who tries to log into my Gmail account won't get there. Uh, another thing, um, I have several websites, different domains, um, WordPress, well, Duo Security has a um, add-in to do two-factor authentication for that. So if I try and do a administrative login to update my site, again, I'm going to get something on my phone saying, hey, um, I mentioned I use LastPass. I've got two-factor authentication on LastPass. If I try to open up my password vault, the first thing that happens is I get a thing on the phone saying, okay, is this, is this allowable? So I love two-factor authentication. You know what it would tell me though? If the man, if I say I was trying to log into Gmail and someone was doing a man in the middle, remember what they have to do in the middle is they have to log into Gmail. That's correct. And that would be a computer that has not logged into my account before. So I would get something on my phone. No, it's it's a it's a cookie on the hard drive of the computer they're looking for. I mean, there would be occasions where that would, but I mean, yeah, with so what I found in practice is that with Gmail, the cookie is there, and from then on, I can connect on that computer. With WordPress the uh, administrative login to my sites, 
that persists until I reboot. Um, so I only have to log in once on a session, but as soon as I reboot, I have to to reauthenticate. And you know, and that's why I think when I was talking about uh, passwords, I mentioned you know having a password written down and stuck in your wallet may be a perfectly reasonable thing to do, depending on what the threat is that you're concerned with. YubiKey. Mm -hmm. That's that's also great. Um, you know, YubiKey would be one more thing for me to be carrying around. I'm already carrying my phone around anyway, so that's why for me the two-factor using the telephone makes the most sense because that's the one thing <coughs> I will probably, you know, most likely have with me at all times. Yeah, you know, with the YubiKey, um, you know that that's a USB plug-in, um, which is fine on most computers. But I don't have that kind of USB port on my tablet. Uh, you know, it's. I don't have it. I'm not selling it. But it's. Oh, it. You know, YubiKeys are wonderful. I, I've actually got one, but which is rather a lot for a short-range connection. So. Um, so there's a good um, article here at EFF if you want some more information how to protect yourself. Now, what about the system? The CA model is fundamentally broken. All right. We need to rely less on trust and more on provable security and all of those different certificate authorities getting hacked and bad certs being issued and everything else. Okay, this is not the way to do things. It, it is, however, what we have and uh, the tyranny of the default. You know. So, Google, as I said, refuses to implement certificate revocations, but has offered something called certificate transparency and that is they put out a public log of all the certificates and invite anyone to take a look. Now, there's a lot of certificates. You would want to have a computerized way of checking this list. This is essentially giving everyone else the opportunity to do what Google already does. Is It's looking all over the internet and who is better placed than Google to do this for anyone claiming to be Google that isn't Google. Right. So they see those certs. So if they put that out there, it's like, oh, okay. Um, and add a timestamp, and then it's, it's up to you, all right? I'm the owner of a certificate. I want to make sure that no one else is trying to pass themselves off as me. Well, I could go to this list and scan through, but that's kind of my problem. Yours. I, well, exactly, but you're relying on each individual cert owner to go out and do this. Uh, you might like get... Like I said, it's not a good thing for a browser. It's a nice thing for a site owner to have. I, I, I'd rather have it than not have it. Right. But uh, I, I, I would think of it as, at best, a 90-10 solution. It may get you 90% of what you need, but it's not 100%. Yeah. Um, now, another approach to improving this, 
TLS extensions. Um, SSL certificates are part of the larger transport layer security protocol. Uh, it is possible to start adding things uh, through extensions to the TLS. Um, new encryption methods. So uh, the uh, elliptical curve just is so efficient that it, it really seems like that is destined to, at least over the intermediate term, take over encryption. Now, what's going to happen down the road? Huh? <coughs> I didn't say anything was 100% guaranteed perfect. <coughs> the thing with security, you know, it's like the, uh, like the FBI says, uh, crooks have to be, have to get it right 100% of the time. We only need them to screw up once, right? Um, the, we can, we can fix it, yes. The, um, it is possible to screw up any encryption algorithm. We know, for instance, that with elliptical curve, uh, it is pretty clear that the NSA got involved when this was first promulgated by uh, NIST and stuck in a particular implementation of this that at the time people were saying, huh? Why, why is this the default recommendation when it's not nearly as efficient as all of these, you know, but NSA was able to kind of push that through and no one squawked enough until I think really after Ed Snowden, everyone kind of went back and said, wait a minute, <laughs> what was going on back there? From everything I've seen, elliptic curve encryption itself is good. Now, maybe there's something I haven't seen that would change my mind. Go to, go to Matthew Green's... Yeah, I read his blog. Yeah. The and the Check. thing is, yeah, it, it is an arms race. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, what I was hearing from a lot of people was, Oh, it doesn't matter because quantum computers are going to come along and it's going to break everything, which is half right. But as I recall, at the time I was saying, what well, that means they'll come up with quantum encryption. And I'm already seeing that being reported in the, in the uh, security area. They're, they're starting to come up with quantum computer approaches to encrypting. <laughs> so, so you know, whatever, we have a mechanism in place through TLS extensions that say, you know, as periodically happens, you know, this algorithm is no longer sufficiently strong, let's drop it, oh, we've got something else that's a lot better, let's put that one in. Now, OCSP, Online Certificate Status Protocol. Um, what this is, is basically I get a cert from a website and it's like, huh, how do I know that's any good? Well, it was signed by a certificate authority. 
I go to the certificate authority and say, is this still good? The certificate authority can come back and say, yeah, yeah, still fine. Now, that would still be vulnerable to a man in the middle. It's not the, it's not the ultimate answer, but uh, it does indicate one of the ways that we can go with this, which is to say, let's, let's I don't, don't know if they're talking about stapling or a different approach, but this was the next thing. Um, certificate, uh, the certificate owner gets a verification from the certificate authority and staples it to the certificate and then tells your browser you must look for this. And if it's not found, they should then query the CA directly and as long as the certificate authority has not been compromised, that probably works, but it, it probably is not safe against the NSA. But again, define what it is you're trying to protect yourself against. This does at least increase the level of security around the certificate process. So in summary, certs use standard cryptography methods. Problems are not with the cryptography. Math does still work, but there are problems with the processes, and just relying on trust is not a good way to go. Well, that wraps it up, and I hope you enjoyed everything. Uh, this is Ahuka. I uh, had a great, uh, great time doing this. It was fun giving the talk, and I enjoyed being able to share it with my friends on Hacker Public Radio. Uh, as always, I want to remind you to support free software. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.